Welcome to Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining our interactive daily broadcast where trusted leaders bring insights and analysis to the issues from a biblical perspective. According to the Bible, it's the truth you know that sets you free. So call in today to get biblical answers, information, and resources to help you stand for truth and effect godly change in our nation and the world. And now here's your host, Andrew Womack. Hello and welcome to our Friday's edition of Truth and Liberty Live Call-In Show. This is my third day this week to do this, which I've really enjoyed it. And I've got Alex McFarland with me again. And of course, Richard Harris, he's the director or the head of our Truth and Liberty. And you know, we had one of our friends from a number of years back just come in the studio and I asked her if she would come on with us. And so this is JJ, is it Brazelton? Brazelton. Brazelton. And she's got quite the testimony. And so we're going to be kind of interviewing her and letting her share some things with you. And I tell you what, I think this will really, really encourage you. But Richard, do you want to share about, uh, I think we've got the Truth and Liberty Conference yes. coming up mm -hmm. and share some of those things. Sure, absolutely. Well, the, so the Truth and Liberty Conference, our annual conference is coming up September 6th, or 7th, 8th, and 9th. And uh, you can register on our website at truthandliberty.net. It's a free event and it is going to be awesome. Uh, Alex is going to be speaking there. Uh, Andrew will be ministering. David Barton is going to be there. Uh, and I tell folks, if you ever have a chance to hear David, you, you just don't want to miss it. Yeah. It's going to be fantastic. Chad Connolly, Pastor Lucas Miles, who's emerging as a really powerful voice on uh, things related to, you know, modern Christianity and uh, Muhammad Faridi and uh, Janet Porter. So it's just an amazing lineup. I'll be presenting a little bit and then we're going to have three workshops uh, designed to equip you to get involved and make a difference. Everything about Truth and Liberty is to get you in, evol involved and equipped. And then more exhibitors in our strategic uh, partner hall than we have ever had before. And these are organizations that are like-minded and doing a great work out there. So uh, the, but maybe the most exciting thing to me of all is the drama that we're going to see this year. Elizabeth Murin has created a brand new drama commemorating the, the reversal of Roe versus Wade. You know, that was such a huge event. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's called Overturned appropriately, and it is going to be powerful. I, I promise you that. We sat down together and went through it, and it brought me to tears just listening to her tell the story. So I am super excited uh, that everybody is going to get to experience that drama at our conference. And also, yesterday, they had a little QR code down in the bottom left-hand corner or right-hand corner. Yes. Uh, and we don't charge for registration, but they can focus on that QR code. Well, and yeah. Well, Andrew, they, there's been a glitch on the QR codes. Oh, because, so that's the reason it's not there. No. Yeah. People with, <laughs> with uh, iPhones, it works. But if you have an Android, uh, it'll pull up some app that wants to charge you money. So we're, well, that's we're trying to figure Androids that out. Well, Androids are not as good as iPhones. <laughs> See, my wife has I have come to believe that. <laughs> <laughs> I was a slow convert. So Alex and I were on yesterday with Ken Ham, and that was really a good Didn't thing. we have a good time? I tell you, Ken Ham is a blessing, and I don't really? think he quite knows what to do with me, but he likes me, and we're friends, and I've been asking him to come, and someday he's going to show up here. Amen. Well, I think you may. We're going to get him out here to speak to the students at Karis, and I was talking to the, the Barna people today about getting George Barna on in the next couple of weeks, and so uh, I'm, I'm so excited about how Truth and Liberty, the broadcast and the guest we have and the content is really equipping thousands and maybe even 
hundreds of thousands of people to stand bold for truth. Amen. Um, let me just say this too. If you go to the website, truthandliberty.net slash subscribe. Uh, the emails that Richard sends out, the articles we post, I've, I've got an article on townhall.com this weekend that I'm going to send to you if okay. we could post, but subscribe and uh, stay, get all this content that'll be coming to you to keep you excited and equipped and standing bold for Christ in this hour. Amen. And so our guest today is J.J. Brazelton. Man, it's a blessing. I didn't know this was going to happen, but it's great to have you with us. Thank you. And she could spend more than 30 minutes giving her <laughs> yes. testimony. But uh, let me just real quickly say, if you want to get the whole thing, we've got a financial breakthrough, volume two, and she's one of six testimonies on here. And so, J.J., uh, maybe just start about... Uh, where you were when you found my teaching and how things have turned around for you and what's happening now? So I was in Tampa, Florida when I was just surfing through the TV like a lot of folks we've heard testimony in the past and um, there you were and you became my friend and I was very drawn to just your soft-spoken voice and you were, you know, I needed someone just to speak to me and be friendly and... You know, I um, had a woman just a few minutes ago I was visiting <laughs> with and she said she came from Elevation Church where everything is dynamic and then there you were. And I, <laughs> and I wasn't dynamic and she said, no, not at all. <laughs> and um, she didn't even think about it, but boy, she really put me down. But anyway, oh, she goodness. did get blessed, so... Yeah, so God. I just... Um, <laughs> I wasn't living for God at that time, but I was looking to live for God at that time. And, and you just connected with me the way you taught the Word, the way, you know, the Word of God is a seed and how it was planted and growing in me, you know, just information after information. I just was like a sponge. And I just enjoyed listening to you so much. I would watch you three, four, ten times a day, as many times as I could. I'd record you, you know, from the TV on my phone, anywhere I could, because I was looking for answers. I needed help. And, um, Shortly after that time frame that, that happened, I ended up losing my job, my home, my marriage, everything in Tampa, Florida. And so I ended up coming back home to Nashville and I ended up with nothing from the Great uh, Depression that happened back in 2008 and 9. And I was in the building industry at that time. So they laid me off, they shut down my community, they paddle gate locked it, everything was shut down. They put me on unemployment for 14 months. When that ran out, I lived on my credit cards. I continued to listen to you. I stayed homeless for five years because of all of that, losing homeless. everything. Where were you homeless. living? I was in Nashville, and I just lived with anybody. Anybody that would let me stay three days, three weeks, three months. Um, I lived with black people, white people, in-laws, outlaws. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you were willing to let me stay, you know, I would, I would stay. And I was just trying to get my footing and what to do because nobody was hiring anybody building or in the mortgage industry, and that's the only two things I knew how to do. That lasted five years. And then fast forward, when I came out of that five-year um, time frame, uh, God built me a house, got me a job with the largest builder in Tennessee, built me a house, I moved into it, and the rest is history because I've just been, you know. Now, you actually came out here to Karis for a while. You didn't graduate, but what was the situation there? Did, did you have home when you were here? I, I just came out here to visit and was just looking to see if I could be a student or not, and it just didn't work out. So I just kept flying out here, trying to figure out my footing, like, where did God want me? What what could I do? Because I really wanted to be in the college, but I needed money and I needed to work. I needed, you know, to make up for the five years I didn't have any money. So it, 
the timing didn't work out, so I just tried to do it online. Then I couldn't do it online because I'm out in the field, out in the dirt with the contractors, and I couldn't get internet, so that frustrated me. And then so I just decided, well, I think for now, God just is leading me to be a partner. So just be a partner for a while and then so, just see what happens after that. How did you get back on your feet? What happened? Uh, in 2013, uh, somebody handed me a piece of paper and said, here's a community, good luck. I just fired the lady that was in here. We've sold two houses in a year and good luck. So I went in there and I sold 46 houses in 16 months and it got the wow. attention of my owner and he wanted to come in and say, hey, what's going on in here? I just want to know, what, what are you doing? <laughs> and I said, me and God's just having a good time. Amen. And uh, he said, well, then y'all just keep having a good time. I like what you're doing. Wow. <laughs> when I sold out that community, I had proven myself, so he gave me a better community and a higher-end community, and it just snowballed after that. Wow. So I'm at my 11th year now with the same builder. 11 years. And I, years. You know, I don't want to give away any details that you wouldn't want me to, but I mean, from coming from homeless from where you had nothing, yes. you've been a big giver to us. Yes. God has supplied your need. Do you have a place to live now? Are you homeless still? Well, so I just had uh, four houses and three cars. I sold a house. I had closed on it two weeks ago. So now I'm three houses and three cars. Oh, wow. <laughs> Man, that so, is awesome. Praise God is, God. yeah, God is really blessing me. Now, was this something that you really believe for or I mean did it just happen or do you credit this to the Lord? How did, how did you get from where you were to where you are? Well, I learned uh, that I had to to be a seed sower. That was the key is trusting God with whatever He gave me no matter how little or how much. It was all going to be given back to me. I couldn't out give Him, you know, so I bought the financial stewardship book uh, chased you down in Atlanta, Georgia, and got that book on my birthday in 2012. And 2013, six months later, I got a job offer, and that job turned into a six-figure salary. Uh, and I've made that and more since. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. yeah. So it was all from a $14 book, which, by the way, it's $14.99 now. Uh, and I heard, you, up for I heard you say before we went on the air that you were even suicidal, I guess, back during the beginning of this. When you before I bought your book, yeah, before I really was engaging with you on TV. I wasn't enough, you know, engaging you on TV. It was just a hit and miss kind of a thing. Uh, when I hit rock bottom, lost my job, lost my home, lost everything, went back to Nashville with my parents, uh, where we're from, that's when... Um, I bought the book in 2012. I went back to the end of 2009. So I followed you to Johnson City, Tennessee. I followed you to Atlanta, Georgia, wherever your free conferences were. I was chasing you down because I needed to make sure from TV to real life, you know, you were the same and consistent. And I had questions for you that I couldn't get through TV. So I would meet you in person with a pencil and piece of paper, ask you questions. You would answer me in line in the churches. I remember all of that. You were aggressive. Yeah, I was aggressive. <laughs> you were ready. Yes. So I, you know, it's terrible losing your... Uh, husband and your yes. home and everything, but man, going back and living with your parents would have been kind of humiliating or yeah. hard on your ego. And in my forties, you know, that's not that's a very humiliating, embarrassing. Everybody else is doing okay when you're at that age, all right, and you should be. But I had made every mistake and all the mistakes, so mm. I I didn't have to help the devil much to get me where <laughs> the bottom was at, you know. So why do you think all that happened? Was it just the Great Recession, or were you seeking the Lord before this? Was it an attack of the devil? Do you know? Have a little you ever bit given of any a little bit of all of that. Yeah, I was seeking the Lord before I actually lost everything. So thank God, you know, 
I had some grounding, some foundation, so when that actually happened, uh, I didn't c commit suicide. I didn't um, go through with it. And just that, like you said before, that little fire, just that little, little bitty speck of fire, you know, underneath. Because, um, you know, when your wood's wet, you have no hope. You know, you're just, you don't have like-minded people to agree with, to help you that are also following, you know, the ministry that uh, is the ministry of Andrew Womack and Karis Bible School. So, uh, I, but I had enough in me to, that spared me from death. And so I, what, I grabbed to, onto that. You have know, you got to minister to other people? I'm sure that there's people watching right now that probably have had similar things happen or the same hopelessness. What would you say to them? How do they get from where they are to where they've seen you come? Well, um, you're going to have to spend time in the Word. And for me, what worked was my Bible and your teachings. And it helped me get in about four years what I would have learned if I had only had my Bible in 40 years, I believe. And I was in a, in a big hurry to get the Word of God in me because I wanted more and I knew there was more, that God had more for me. Um, my future was going to be amazing, but I didn't know how to get it there. And just your teachings were free and I was getting free stuff in the mail and following you for free and your conferences were free. And it was just amazing because all of that free made me get to go more and listen more often and get more material more often. And then eventually when God got me that job in 2013, then I would start ordering the CDs and then paying for the postage and then paying for the books and then, you know, buying the books and giving mm. them away. And <laughs> it just caught on like, you know, wildfire. It was amazing. It was a lot Would of fun. Would you have been able to get it if we had charged for it all? Um, I mean, there probably could have been a way, but I think because it was free, I just grabbed onto what I could get my hands on at the moment that I was, had already seen you preach and teach on TV. And because you had enabled it for free, I think that's what started, you know, the whole seed sowing and the whole process. And so that's huge for me to now give for free. I buy. Isn't that like awesome? I just, You're helping other people. Yeah. I just raided the bookstore just recently, you know, before I came on, and <laughs> <laughs> I'm wagging them back to Nashville so I can hand them out for free. Just that's believe, awesome. just believe. You know, back so. in the very beginning of my ministry when we were still struggling, and I had a lot of people criticizing me over giving things away and making them free, we had one guy that asked for an entire library of tapes, and at that time I think it was probably two or three hundred, I'm not sure how mm -hmm. many, and we sent him an entire library for free. And this guy locked himself in his garage for four or five months and did nothing but listen. And he came out of that very similar to what yes. you're talking about. He had lost everything and he couldn't get it if it wasn't free. That's right. And he got everything and he became a partner and he bought like, I forget the equivalent of two or three libraries. And he says, please make these available for other people. Amen. And so there's a lot of people that have done just exactly what you've done. Mm. Yes. And it really, it's passing it on, paying yes, it forward. Very grateful. Amen. It's awesome. So did you have any children? No, sir. No children, but you lost your husband, your house, your home. Yep. My just cat, I lost it all. Yep. Even my 12 year old cat, I had mm. to leave my cat in Florida. Yep. So what's your uh, future now? What do you, what do you think? Uh, whatever God wants me to do, you know, I'm always like with God, you know, give it to me so I can either, it's for me, it's for someone else or, you know, just whatever he wants me to do. I always try to receive and give, right? Mm. Just kind of I need more so I can give more away. <laughs> mm. But you've got a position with this, uh, is it a real estate 
group that you're selling houses? Or yes. What's your position? Uh, I'm a subcontractor and I have what a real estate license. Uh, it means I'm not, uh, I don't own my own company, but I also I'm not W-2'd in the company with you know benefits and 401k and all that, so I'm just right in the middle. Um, Are you selling houses or building I houses? I build, I take dirt, I knock down the trees and do the infrastructure, all the groundwork. I ha you know, you don't I, look like a typical nope. builder. <laughs> Gotta be and how many houses awesome. do you do per year? Uh, anywhere from 60 to 80, but always over 20 million. How can you do that? It, it's, I it's, need to hire you here. <laughs> yeah, our builder can't get stuff built that quickly. <laughs> He's probably got work for I you to do. I last time. I said, hurry up. Is it the word multitasking? Multi, multi, No, multi. it's just tenacity. It's just, it's kind of like Andrew with his programs. You know, he may be doing 20 a day, and, and I'm always saying, well, he's older than me, and if he can do that, and God helps him supernaturally with that much energy, then God can give me enough energy, you know, to do what I need to do, so. Wow, praise God. Get up and get after phenomenal. it. How many contractors do you have working under you? A bunch. It's hard to keep up with who was your name and where I mean, you from. 10, 20, 30? Uh, I'd say I probably have about 20 always on the property coming and going, you know, painters, drywalls, this stone workers. This is just amazing to me yeah. that a woman who was homeless for five years and lost everything is yeah. now got yeah. 20 contractors working underneath her building 60 to 80 homes a year. Only yeah. God could Only this. God, only God. I it's got just a question a blast. for you. How, I'm sitting here listening, never heard your story before, but now like, keep in like, mind, I made a D minus when I got out of high school. Uh, There's yeah. no education well, here. <laughs> it's all God in me. It's nothing. Man, you know. Alex said you've got the joy of the Lord, and I just want to know how how important is it to you to stay joyful and and share with our viewers how do you do that? Oh, you have to spend time with the Lord. You have to spend time in prayer. Mm -hmm. You have to spend time in just getting more wisdom from the Word of God and the knowledge and I, for me, I have to stay in the books Andrew writes and, and everything he presents on TV because for me that's faster and I'm in crunch time every day. When I get home, I'm like, there's nothing much left. You know, so um, I guess that's why when I tried college at night, it just didn't work because I'm almost like asleep. Sure, you know, it's yeah. just not enough time in the day. You can only be good at one thing. I'd like to be good at one thing. One thing, <laughs> but you're building 20 houses at a time. <laughs> That's awesome. So how do you find time to be in the Word with all that? You uh, you're in my passenger seat talking to me when I'm driving and I'm on site, or you're on a video, or you're live, like when you're all, you're all are on, on the program, you know you're on live uh, for an hour and a half. Uh, any way I can just get you while I can still drive or be out in the field and be keeping up with everybody. Um, and I do have people that help me. I do have a project manager that helps me. Um, and I do have, um, like, when I get to the end of all my homes or, like, a building of townhomes, uh, I have, like, a customer care group, and then I have a warranty group. So I, the baton is passed on to many people, you know. But I have to, I'm responsible for what's going on that dirt, how expensive is it going to be, what color is it going to be, brick, is it going to be hardy board, you know, what's it going to be, what's going inside, is it gourmet kitchen, is it plain, Jane, what color, what carpet, you know, vinyl floors, you know, laminate floors, whatever. You know, it's one of my emphasis that I really emphasize having a personal relationship with the Lord, spending time with the Lord. But people look at me and think, well, you're a preacher. You don't do anything. Mm -hmm. So you can do that. But now you have all of these people working for you, and yet you still find time. With the technology we have today, you can be listening to the Word, watching stuff. Exactly. 
So, man, you ought to be a, quite an encouragement to people who think that they just don't have time to do that. Right. It, you, have to be, you have to really enjoy and, and be intentional with it, you know, because you're wanting to retain something from it, not just do it just for the sake of doing it, right? You want it to benefit you because once it benefits you, now it, it multiplies. It's like the ripple effect when you throw the rock in the pond. So, but it's really fun to, you know, try to outgive God. I, I really Amen. find that <laughs> fun. Amen. And JJ just gave us a large offering for it. What was, what was you designating it for? Uh, the concrete. The concrete. She wanted to do one of the concrete pours out yes, here. Yes, and yes. Uh, I think you covered it. Are oh, you going to go put your initials in it? <laughs> well, it's not necessary, but I could. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? What, what a great testimony. It and is. God is so faithful. You know, Psalm 37, 4 says, Commit your way to the Lord, and He'll give you the desires of your heart. And I, I know it's, it's about the blesser, not the blessings. We're, but Jesus is good to us, isn't He? Amen. He is. It's Amen. beautiful. Have you ever thought about where you would have been if you hadn't gotten hold of the Word? I'd be dead. Do mm. you think so? Yep. I think I would have ran out of hope. And when you run out of hope, there's nothing left. You're just down. You can't get back up. Mm. Mm. And I got there pretty close several times. But the Word, if you'll just keep speaking the Word and rehearsing the Word and believing the Word, just keep believing that even though you can't see and you, you feel so destitute, like, oh, my gosh, you know, beside of a dumpster with your head banging on the steering wheel, how much longer, God, how much longer? I'm ready. Aren't you ready? I need a place to live, you know. Mm. How much longer? I'm in my 40s. This is embarrassing. Come on. So, um, wow. don't want to be there, there again, are. but I'm thankful for what it taught me while I was there. Well, the, you can learn a lesson through that, but that doesn't mean that God caused it. But absolutely God can not. take anything and use it for our Yeah. Time. There are a lot of people that need to hear this. Yeah, yeah. I think this is really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Man, we appreciate you coming on and sharing that, <laughs> JJ. Thank you very much. Have you ever done anything like this on TV? Maybe when I was a kid on Kangaroo. <laughs> <laughs> Captain Kangaroo, Captain were you Kangaroo? on there? I was on there. <laughs> were you really? <laughs> Did you know that Captain Kangaroo was one of the most decorated military people in the history of our nation? He I killed hundreds that. of people in I the war. No Captain Kangaroo. Captain Kangaroo. Bob Keeshan. Him and uh, uh, Doctor uh, Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers. They were Both. some of the most decorated war heroes of World War II. Wow. Wow. <laughs> Who would have known? Couldn't have. I didn't know that. <laughs> That's true. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we're going to take a break here at about six minutes. What have we got to do before the break? Anybody got a question for? Um, you guys good? How long were you homeless? Five years. Five years. My goodness. And, and, and just this is how good God is about yeah. that five-year mark. So he built me this beautiful home, right? Uh -huh. I had turned, I was homeless five years, and I'd also just turned 53. His, he gave me an address that was 53-5 oh, wow. Rucker Lane. That was my wow. address. Rucker or Rick? Rucker. Okay. Wow. Wow, that is really And if cool. I remember correctly, when you first went to work for this real estate thing, they did something special to give you this home, wasn't it? Wasn't it like one of their display homes or? Uh, so but anyway, it was a miracle that you got it. It wasn't like you were producing that much so at the time. Wasn't yeah, it? my owner put me in the model home because I had ran out of people to live with, and he let me live there for free for several months while he built my home next door. So I could literally see my home being built through the kitchen window of where I was working and hiding my clothes and hiding my food because I wasn't supposed to be living in this model home. Oh. <laughs> and you came in as a customer, you weren't supposed to see my clothes see and my clothes food. Laundry, like I live there because it's, you know, beautiful so model. how did you have that much favor? It was it? God. God was just helping me. Um, 
I was a huge partner, you know, when we bought the land next door and this is when you had your yellow Jeep and you would put the yeah. architectural plans yeah. out on the hood and I was leaping for joy. I mean, I was just leaping for joy that, you know, someday, someday, you know, because I knew what God was doing for the ministry, he was also doing for me, even yeah. though you didn't know, because I'm far away, but you'd be wow. surprised of what's going on far away that maybe sometimes you don't always hear on campus or in the ministry. So it's good for you to find out um, what you are, you know, doing, what the benefits of, of your teaching. I believe do. that there's probably thousands of people just like you that are getting touched. I met two or three people today. One of them had cancer and got hold of the teaching and here they are 10 years later, totally cancer free, mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. just all kinds of things like that. Who knows? The yeah. Word of God is just awesome what it'll do in a person's life. Yeah, I just bought the University of the Healing School, uh, the entire package, mm -hmm. because a coworker of mine gave me a, a phone call a couple of weeks ago, said he just found out he had stage four cancer and they only gave him so many months to live. And I said, hold on, brother, I got some good news coming your way. Amen. I just ordered Amen. you the Healing School University and you're about to be saturated in the Word of God and all the answers are gonna be in this material. So go ahead and plan your vacation, do something fun with your kids and get going because uh, this is not the final say. God so Amen. is Amen. You know, the there's 60 say. hours worth of teaching in that Healing University and 48 hours worth of of just teaching and then the others are testimonies, question and answer, 60 hours worth 60 of video. Hours. I think for a person to get that, it'd be really hard to stay sick if you watch that. Amen. 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 You wouldn't have time to think about being sick. That's, <laughs> That's awesome. pretty awesome. Well, yeah. JJ, we sure appreciate what God's done for you. And I'm, I'm glad you were here today. And I think it's really going to encourage a lot, a lot of people. I'm glad to be here. So right now again. we've got totally full lines. I yeah. think wow. you've lit the thing up. <laughs> and we will be taking calls right after this break. But the number is 719-619-2341. Are you going to be able to stay around yes, sir. in case somebody wanted Absolutely. to ask you something? I'd be glad to. Uh, you have some? Well, I just think it's such a wonderful testimony. And I just want everybody watching to know that God has blessing and prosperity and health for every one of you. Amen. 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 Uh, I mean, he really does. And I think it, especially in this moment of history, people need that hope and encouragement that Jesus has things for you and they're good things. God is no respecter of persons. Amen. What he did for J.J., he will do for any one of us. Amen. But the difference is that, man, you got to be tenacious. And I don't remember a lot about you when you were here. I saw you in a lot of different places, like you said, Johnson City and every place. But every time I saw J.J., man, she was coming up and she was believing for something. She was handing me a dollar yep. or whatever. Yep. And yep. I mean, she wasn't passive. That's one of the wow. things that just kills people is a passive thing telling God what their need is. God knows your need more than Amen. you know it. Mm -hmm. What you need is some power working in you. Yes. you know, uh, Matthew 11:12 says that the, since the days of John the Baptist, the kingdom of heaven is preached and it suffers violence and the violent take it by force. Mm -hmm. And you have to have that kind of attitude to where I know God has something better than this for me and I'm sick and tired of being sick and tired. Yes, that's right. Mm -hmm. You got it. Not going to do without. Amen. 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 So again, the number is 719-619-2341. Let's go ahead and take this little 90-second break, and we'll come back and go to the phones uh, at, right after this break. 
At Truth and Liberty Coalition, we work to unify, educate, and mobilize the body of Christ to change nations. That's why I want to encourage you to go to our website at truthandliberty.net and subscribe so that you can begin receiving regular updates uh, about our show, news items, action alerts, blog posts, and much, much more. Uh, all you have to do is go to the website, click subscribe, share your email address, and you'll begin to be equipped to stand for truth in the public square. It's not enough to know what God's will is, but you have to learn how to do things God's way. Now, because of the new man on the inside of me, because of the cross, I can daily deny self. And if you don't learn to do that, you're not going to fulfill all God's will for your life. You know, you don't find the beginning of God until you get to the end of yourself. This generation is a generation of great darkness and God is raising up a deliverer to shine in the midst of all of this darkness. But in Christ Jesus, I can do all things through Christ. Some people just quote, I can do all things. No, you can't. But through Christ, you can do all things. You gotta have these two opposites in balance. I'm nothing, but I'm everything in Christ. Okay, we're back with the Truth and Liberty Live call-in show, and I'm Andrew, Alex, Richard, and our guest today has been J.J. Brazelton, and she's been talking about uh, coming from homeless to having multiple houses, what, four houses? Amen. And, and having 20 contractors working under her and doing 60 to 80 homes a year. I can't even wrap my brain around that. And right before we go to a call, tell them what happened about part a large part of her breaking out of this poverty was giving. Yes. And tell them about what you were telling us over the break. Yes. Yeah, so while I was homeless uh, and I had gotten a hold of your truth and the financial stewardship book, and so I was saving my money out of my unemployment checks, which was just like $225 a week, and I had made a commitment to save that money and and meet you in Johnson City to give it to you. Well, when you came to Johnson City and I went there to give you the money, I, when you collected the money and then left the service, I never gave you the money. I didn't want to give you the money. I wanted to give you the money, but I didn't want to give you the money. I needed the money. And I knew you didn't need it as much as I did, and I knew God didn't need the money, so I didn't give you the mm. money. But the Holy Spirit said, but you came here to give, give Andrew the money, and you didn't give it to him. And I was like, I know. And so he said, well, he hadn't left the parking lot yet. Go give it to him. So while they were having prayer, I crawled against everybody's back seat in my dress, down the aisle, run out the building. And you're with your bodyguard, and you met somebody in the parking lot, and he was talking to them. And I just busted on the scene like they wasn't standing there. And I said, Andrew, I have some money I'm supposed to give you that I didn't give you in the plane. And I said, and I'm in an abusive relationship in a marriage, and you just stopped everything you were doing, and you took, you didn't even look. You just put your hand over my hand because it was a folded check and you said well whatever you've given me you know I pray God bless you a hundredfold in this lifetime mm -hmm. and uh, you prayed for my situation you know uh, and best I can remember uh, and then you left and I left and I was so relieved like I, had, I felt like I had passed the test I said oh Lord I did it I did it like that was my breakthrough moment mm -hmm. and really from that moment after that uh, I just continued. Now, see, many people will mm -hmm. listen to that and think, well, you did need it more than he needed, but th they're missing it. 
Right. It's not about my need, and you needed to give more right. than you needed to That's keep right. it. That was your seed that That's could right. have made the difference. And people don't understand this. And so they'll sit there oftentimes and look at a ministry versus the person who's giving and think they need that money more. No, they need to give more. That giving mm -hmm. is a way to your freedom. That's ministry. right. So that was good for you. That was the beginning of my journey, really, of financial freedom. And it was also the beginning of me truly being turned on to trusting God. You can trust God, just give the money. You can trust God, just give the money. Amen. And so once I let that go and made the devil a liar. <laughs> so. And from what you're saying, it sounds like you've already received it a hundredfold. I have definitely received it a hundredfold. <laughs> and wow. she was telling us, I hope this doesn't embarrass you, but she was telling us that she has a Corvette now that she keeps just covered up just, just to know Don't even drive it. it. Yep. <laughs> Had it built just so I can walk by it and look at it and go to work in my Toyota Corolla. That's <laughs> awesome. Praise God. Thirteen-year Toyota Corolla. It's just to rub the devil's nose <laughs> exactly. in the dirt. Exactly. Wow. Man, that's great. Well, let's go to Mac in Oklahoma. Mac, you're on uh, Truth and Liberty with us. I hope you've enjoyed listening to JJ's testimony about what God did for. Yeah, absolutely. God's amazing. And I appreciate you guys' time. Um, I did have a question, though, something I've been thinking to answer for for a while. Mm -hmm. um, I was wanting to know uh, what happens to those who don't fulfill call, the call of God on their life, even though they've got the call of God on their life? Well, you know, I can say some things about it, but I don't have the definitive answer. But I do believe that it says in first, uh, Psalms 139 that before you were even born, God wrote in His book all of the days of your life. So he has a plan for us, and if we don't fulfill it, 1 Corinthians chapter 3 says that we're going to stand before God, and he's going to judge us based on whether we built with wood, hay, and stubble, or whether it was gold, silver, and precious stones. And he's going to set a fire to it, and if it was wood, hay, and stubble, we will suffer loss, yet we will be saved mm -hmm. in so as by fire. So I think that when we stand before the Lord, there's going to be some people that may have all kinds of trophies on their mantle. They may have been very successful, but if they didn't do what God told them to do, all of these great works are going to be reduced to a pile of ashes. And I think that there's going to be weeping and wailing of teeth. I think that's one of the reasons God's going to have to wipe tears from our eyes. But we will be saved if you truly made Jesus your Lord. And in a sense, people who have suffered loss like that and see how that they just wasted uh, the talents that God gave them. In one way, they are going to be praising God more than anybody else in heaven because God is still going to receive them and they are going to be there forever. And so it's not going to be like you're going to cry all the way through heaven. He's going to wipe the tears from your eyes and there will be so much acceptance from God that I think the rest of heaven will be glorious. But I do think that we are going to be held accountable for what God intended for us to do. Mm. What do you guys say? Well, I will tell you, in church revivals all over America, I've had a lot of people come to the altar weeping sometimes, and I would say, you know, uh, how can I pray for you? They say, and they'll often say, well, years ago, I had a call on my life to do this or that, or I was supposed to obey God in this or that area. And I've prayed with probably hundreds of people that tearfully wept over past disobedience. And so, of course, we can start obeying the Lord today. But First um, John 2.28 says that we are to abide in Him and live so that when we see Jesus, we're not ashamed. Yeah. 
I think yeah. that there is going to be a reckoning even yes. for Christians. Mm -hmm. And yeah. if nothing else, it'll be just intuitive when we see that we put so much effort into making the almighty dollar or doing something like mm -hmm. that and that people were what God valued. So Amen. I think there's going to be a reckoning, but we aren't going to be sad throughout eternity. God's going to wipe the tears from our eyes. I, you know, uh, there's part of the question, Mac, that makes me want to ask, uh, where the person is you're talking about is in his life um, and whether, because uh, it sounds like it's all over, but it, you know, with God, it's never all over. Uh, the Bible says in Romans 11:29, the gifts and callings of God are without repentance. So whoever this person is, you, you might think you've missed it. And maybe you missed the lion's share of opportunity that God could have given you, but it's never too late to seek the Lord and do what you can because those gifts are still in you and that calling and anointing is still on you, whoever this person is. So uh, do what you can now and make the most of the time that's left. That's a very good point. And Mac, I'll just be blunt enough to ask you, are you the person or is this somebody you're talking about that you know? Uh, it's me, absolutely. Um, I, I know that I got a call of God on my life. I seen him do amazing things, had encounters with God, seen miracles in other people's lives, and then struggled with condemnation to the point where I, I ran so hard. I found your teaching about a year ago, and I started really listening, and, and dealing with condemnation has gotten a lot better. I don't feel as condemned as I used to, but now I know that I've wasted time, and, and my only thought is, is like, these people in their eternity, and, and I wasted my time. And so I just yeah. need encouraged or need answers. I mean, I want I want to know it all. I want to know all the answers so that I can fight and, and push on and, and do what I'm supposed to do. Well, Mac, just like Richard was saying, it's not too late. The gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, Romans 11:29. I held a meeting in Denver one time and I had a man come and he wrote in afterwards and my mother was the one that opened the mail at the time. So boy, when she got this letter, she just brought it straight to me, thought it was funny. But he said that he was called to the ministry 12 years before, and when he told his wife that he was going to go into the ministry, she says, I'm not going to be a preacher's wife. And she divorced him and took the kids with her. And so he lost his family. He lost everything. And for 12 years, he had just been sitting there knowing he was called to the ministry, but feeling like there's no way I could minister. And after coming and hearing me, he wrote this letter and he said, after seeing that God could use you, if God could use you, he could use anybody. He says, I'm going back into the ministry. <laughs> My mother thought well, that. Yeah. But I understand. And if God can use me, he can use you, Mac. It's not too late. Amen. And, and God can even work things together for good. Not to say that he ever intended you not to do what he told you to do. But if you're ready to do it now, did you know what? God will take that testimony and he'll encourage other people who haven't been obedient and they'll see that God can use you. So God can work even the mistakes that you've made together for good. Um, I, can I say one more thing, Mac? Um, so when I was a young man, um, when I, I felt God calling me to the ministry before I even knew Jesus as my Savior. I, I was nine-year-old and a Catholic and I thought God was telling me to be a priest. I ran from that. Um, I might run from being a priest. Well, yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. What I'm, uh, I can't, I don't have time to tell you the whole story, but I, um, I went to law school and then I left after my second year to go into the ministry. I was in the ministry at a church in Oklahoma City for four years, three years. And then I thought God told me to go back to law school and I did, I obeyed him. And I thought during that time, uh, afterwards, I was like, I made a mistake. I should have stayed in the ministry because no ministry doors are open. And for 20 years, uh, 
I practiced law. I raised, raised in my family. God provided well for us, and we had what most people thought was a good life. It was a good life. But every single day of my life for 20 years, I asked God to put me back in the ministry until one day I heard about Andrew Womack and this Bible college up here, and things began to change. And I, I wondered, my wife and I wondered, uh, did we miss it all those years? Were we not supposed to go back to law school? And now I, I still can't say 100% that I know the answer to that question. But what I do know is God has taken those years and he's redeeming them right now in ways that I never could have imagined as my legal background and everything. He's using it here in Truth and Liberty and in other ways when I was serving Andrew as his general counsel. And I just want to say, you, stop looking back, brother, mm. and start looking forward. Amen. You give it to God and he'll take however long it's been. You don't, your voice doesn't sound like you're an old man to me, but, but whether you're old or young or whatever in your eyes doesn't matter. God will take those years and He will redeem them if you just give your whole heart to Him and, and take it one step at a time, obey Him no matter what He tells you to do, and you start moving forward and forget about what's behind you. Man, that's a good word. Amen. And just like J.J., I can guarantee you the things that happened in her life, this wasn't God's will for her, but nonetheless. Now look, God is using Amen. His testimony, and I can guarantee you there's a lot of people today being encouraged by Amen. what's happened. So Amen. God can redeem anything. Amen. Thank you for your call, Mac. Let's go to Brianne in Oregon, and you are on Truth and Liberty. Welcome. Hi. Hello. So my question um, for Andrew and you guys is, how come when some people get diagnosed with illnesses, um, they're fixed by prayer, and other people have to go through, um, like, the full treatments to get healed? You know, this is a complicated question for me. For me, I'm saying for me. Everybody understand what I'm saying? This is for me, not everybody else. <laughs> I'd probably die before I'd go to a doctor because I'm that strong in this, and I refuse doing that kind of stuff. I've had some things happen. I won't tell you what they are because I don't want to hear people's unbelief, but I've had some things. I guarantee you, I'd have been in surgery a year or so ago, and I'd have been in critical condition life threatening things. And I just chose, I'm going to believe God because I know healing works. Mm -hmm. And so I've, I, for me, that's the way I go, but not everybody is there. And the doctors are uh, fighting sickness the same way as the believers are. And I look at it as this is for people that haven't gotten to that place yet where they can receive it directly from God instead of just letting them die because their faith hasn't been developed that way, they can go to a doctor and they can get healed through a doctor. Now, there's some people that would even criticize me over that and say, well, no, sometimes the doctors are God's first choice. I don't ever believe that's true. I'm, I'm not against doctors, but I'm against doctors being a first choice and God taking second place to any doctor. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, I walk in supernatural health, but not everybody's there. and. I have people on staff, good friends. Matter of fact, I've got one person that he was going to stand and believe God, and he was on his deathbed. Actually, he died, and his wife rushed him to the hospital, and they revived him, and he's still alive and working for me today. And the doctors helped a little bit and got him over that hump, but it was supernatural how he responded. So for mm -hmm. some people, it's not either or. It's a combination of where you are, That's right. things like that. What do you guys say? I know I'm radical. Most people think I'm extreme. I say stand to be radical. 
Yeah. <laughs> you know, and I'm only speaking for myself here, but um, when COVID came along, I just knew I wasn't supposed to get that shot. Mm -hmm. And I, I prayed and I said, Lord Jesus, I've got all kinds of preaching I'm supposed to do and being on air every day. And uh, so please keep me healthy. And I, I will say this, and again, um, I'm growing in my faith and I'm growing under your teachings, but mm -hmm. there have been more than a few times when I've been on the road and maybe I was tired and I got up and I had like uh, laryngitis and I've been in a couple of hotels and I put my own hands on my neck mm -hmm. and I said, Lord Jesus, I'm supposed to get out there and speak at a high school assembly and in Jesus name, please heal my voice and let me speak in Jesus name. And my voice was heal. back like a miracle. But see, there's a lot of people that think you're supposed to exhaust every mm -hmm. natural, physical thing first and use God only if the natural doesn't work. And that's what I disagree with. Yeah. And I'm not against doctors. I've got a doctor, a leading surgeon that's on my board. But did you know that uh, I just saw a thing within the last two weeks in Epic Times that one third of the deaths that take place in hospitals are from negligence? Mm. One Sit third. That high now. The highest, the highest rate of infection in the nation, the United States, is sepsis that comes through hospitals. You, that's where most people get that. There is a reason that doctors have the highest malpractice. I'm not against doctors. I've got a good friend that's a doctor, but they're people and they are doing what they know to do. Uh, I'm not going to just say that all doctors are good because some of them are demonic killing children and transgender surgeries. Right. And I'd say that the average person goes into being a doctor because they want to help, but it's man's ability and it is not God's first line of defense. Now, if, if you want to go that way, there's no condemnation. It would be similar to uh, if you cut yourself or something, do you have to get uh, stitches? No. I've, I cut my knee with a chainsaw and that my knee just laid open. And I didn't go get any stitches. And did you know my leg is 100% normal and you can barely see the scar. Would I have been upset with somebody if they'd gone and gotten stitches? No, but I, I'm able to just believe. Wow. So there's nothing wrong with that. Well, one so, other thing that needs to be said, and I'm not gonna uh, get us off track here, but medicine in America has become so politicized. That's true. And we had on Truth and Liberty a couple of months ago, Katie Talento, who was a health czar under Donald Trump, and she's a epidemiologist. And she said that uh, 50 years ago, like when I would have been uh, a baby, that a child by high school graduation had maybe five or six or seven shots. Today, she said when a child graduates high school, they've had 70 yeah. injections. Yeah, it's crazy. And that we're over-medicated, over-inoculated, and part of that has become medicine being politicized to ultimately control the lives of people. Yeah, my youngest son had to go get a physical to play sports in high school, and, and the nurse, after she took his blood, actually came running out and said, is this your blood? <laughs> really? He says, I don't recognize it. She says, I've never seen blood like this in my life, because we didn't give any inoculations to our kids. And she says, I have never seen blood this pure in my life. Wow. That's awesome. And so it makes a difference. That's anyway, well, I'm not against doctors. If it wasn't for doctors, all the Christians would be dead. But I'm not, I don't put <laughs> doctors ahead of uh, the Lord. Amen. So anyway, Brianne, I hope, I hope that helped instead of confused. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Let's go to Ray here in Florida. You're on Truth and Liberty. Thank you for joining us today. 
Hello, Ray. Hello. Yes, sir. I can hear you now. Okay. The um, yeah, I've been uh, just want to thank you for your ministry. I've been following you ever since you uh, came to New Hope last time. Good. Um, in Naples. And um, I got a question for you on uh, on the resurrection. I mean, on to be saved. The to be saved. I mean, you got it's the rapture. But can you be saved in the tribulation? Yes, I believe there's going to be people saved in the tribulation. I'm not going to get into the rapture, but I don't hold the traditional view on that, and so. There's a lot of misconfusion. Uh, I'm not going to go there because it would take the rest of this program and multiple programs to defend the things that I say. But um, I tell you what, if they come out with something like during this COVID thing, they actually implanted things in the hands of people uh, that they could just run their hand across something and prove that they were vaccinated or they could buy and sell with that. You could not force me to do that. I'd, I'd die before I would allow somebody to do that to me. Uh, is that to say that you can't be saved with the mark of the beast? I'm not going to take a chance on it. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> what do you got to say, Alex? Well, in Revelation 7, there's 144,000 right. Jewish Billy Grahams, if you will, that uh, are you know, 12,000 from all these different tribes, and they're crying out with a loud voice. This is Revelation 7:10, Salvation to our God, which sitteth upon the throne and unto the Lamb. And I think there are going to be a lot of people saved during the tribulation. I think there are going to be a lot of people martyred uh, that die for the sake of the gospel. Uh, but let me tell you, um, the, time, the day of salvation is now. If anybody's watching and you have not accepted Christ and been born again, uh, let me give the number for prayer. It's 719-635-1111. 719-635-1111. If you are watching and you want to make sure that you're saved or you want to recommit your life to the Lord like JJ and get in that place of blessing, that can begin yeah. today. And Ray, let me say that a lot of people are obsessing about what's going to happen during the tribulation. And I'm not saying that there's not value to those things, but they are missing how to live today. And uh, I just would encourage you to be focused on how to receive and serve God. And if you love God with all of your heart and learn how to respond to Him instead of being led by your own stuff, you, you'll do fine whether you leave before the tribulation, in the tribulation, after the tribulation, or if you're a pan-millennialist where you just believe it's all going to pan out. There you go. <laughs> Amen. All right, let's go to Andrew in Michigan. You're on Truth and Liberty. Hi, yes, sir. Uh-huh. We're ready. Oh, it's, uh, it's awesome to talk to you guys. <laughs> I, uh, yeah, my question was, I was actually just listening to you today, Andrew, on um, who told you that you were naked. Yep. And you were, you were quoting out of Hebrews about purging your conscience. Mm -hmm. And could you, uh, I was like, he, he's told me about purging my conscience, but I want to know how I go about doing that. <laughs> Well, this is probably the verse that I was using, Hebrews chapter 9. 
And in verse 14, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? So the thing that purges your conscience, Andrew, is the blood of Jesus. And when it's talking about the blood of Jesus, it's not just describing the you know, the physical blood that felt flowed out of his body. It's talking about what, what the blood of Jesus accomplished. Jesus died for your sins, past, present, and future. And if I had time, uh, I could go into that ninth chapter of Hebrews and show you it's talking about past, present, and even future sins. He's paid for all of your sins. And the blood of Jesus has set you free, not only from the sin, but from the condemnation, the guilt, the punishment that's attached to that sin. And so if you, Andrew, were to really focus on what Jesus did for you, what the blood obtained for you, it will purge your conscience and you will actually begin to start feeling the love and the acceptance of the Lord instead of the guilt and the condemnation. Amen. Mm -hmm. You know, Romans 3.25 says, whom God has set forth to be a propitiation through faith in his blood. And I, I believe that our faith is in Christ, but we, we need to meditate on and understand that the blood of Jesus is effective and powerful. It's the most precious thing that has ever existed in the universe. Amen. And it has abundant power to cleanse not just your sin, but my sin and the sin of every human being that's ever lived. And, and you just need to understand that you are under that blood. And as long as you are, God has no awareness of sin in your life. Unless you're holding on to unrepented sin, you are cleansed. And uh, so you have no need to hold on to a sin consciousness anymore. Amen. And praise God for Romans 8, 1. There is therefore now no condemnation, condemnation. Right. to those who are in Christ Jesus. Satan is the accuser and Satan wants you to be in a place of you feel beaten down and, oh, how could God love me? How could I move forward because of things I wish I could forget? You are free in Christ and there is no condemnation to those who were in Jesus. Amen. And I've heard some people that have said, but you don't know what I've done. And they talk about how bad it is. You know, if you think that your sin is worse than other people's, which first of all is a totally wrong thing. The scripture says you comparing yourselves among yourselves are not wise. So that's not wise to compare yourself. Mm -hmm. But if you think your sins are worse than mine or worse than somebody else's, and how could God ever forgive me? What you're doing is making mm -hmm. your sins greater than Jesus mm. and his atonement. Mm. Mm. And you hadn't looked at it that way, but you are actually exalting yourself and talking about how bad you are and that Jesus isn't good enough to overcome it. That's actually a total misunderstanding of the blood of Jesus. Jesus' blood, one drop of his blood was so holy and so pure that it was worth more than the sin of the entire human race from time past to time future. I can guarantee you Jesus' holiness was so awesome that when he gave his life for you, it paid for anything you've ever done. There is nothing that could ever even compare with the price it's paid. That's like having a little teacup and then you have a tsunami that comes and just mm. overwhelms it. It Praise just wipes God. it out. Yeah, Your sin is nothing compared to the atonement. And so if you <laughs> use that scripture, Hebrews 9, 14, and use the blood of Jesus, it will purge your conscience from dead works so that you can serve the living God. Hope that helped you. Let's go to Sue real quick. Sue, uh, you're a partner. Thank you for being a partner with us. You're from uh, Richmond, Virginia, and uh, you're on Truth and Liberty. Hi, Andrew. Hello. I, mm. I've uh, thought of so many 
many questions listening now, but I'll go to the one that I called in for. And I've always found this confusing in the Old Testament about Saul in 1 Samuel when it said, the Lord's spirit left Saul, and then the Lord sent an evil spirit to Saul that caused him much trouble. And I know Saul was disobedient, and I understand that uh, he he didn't do what the Lord had told him more than once, but I don't understand the Lord sending an evil spirit. Well, Sue, we're running short on time, so let me just give you a quick answer for this. There's two things. First of all, we're under a different covenant. So what happened to Saul will not happen to us because we have a better covenant and God will never do things like this to us. But the, the thing that holds people up is they think this is talking about a demonic spirit. That's not what it's talking about. It was evil in the sense that it was an angel. It was a godly angel that brought judgment and punishment. We use the word evil nearly exclusively to describe something that's demonic. But did you know there's a passage of Scripture where the Lord told Jeremiah to eat these figs, and he says, no, they're so evil, I can't eat them. He wasn't talking about they were demonic, but they were just rotten is what it was. And so uh, the word evil here throws people off. They think it's a demonic spirit. It wasn't. It was a godly spirit, a godly angel, but it was sent as judgment on Saul and Jesus has put our judgment upon Jesus so that we'll never bear that kind of curse. So it wasn't a demonic angel, but we're under a different covenant and it'll never happen to us. So that's the quick mm -hmm. answer. You got something to add, Alex? No. You're looking up scriptures. Oh, well, just think about that. I will <laughs> say this, though, that Jesus said that uh, when somebody sweeps a house, they need to sweep it clean. And, and you're right. We're under the new covenant. And when you're born again, the Holy Spirit of God indwells you and seals you. However, you don't want to give Satan a foothold. You don't want to have unconfessed sin and willful disobedience that I think, because it's a legal universe and Satan will Yeah, well, you're to. talking about why did this happen to Saul. She, I think, was talking about, Sue, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think she was talking about what about an evil spirit from God? That's mm -hmm. what's confusing. Mm -hmm. And I think it's because it, it wasn't mm -hmm. demonic. It was a godly angel that was sent to bring judgment, and we're under a different covenant. That won't happen to Amen. us. All right, so we're going to take another break here. We're going to go into our last segment in just a few seconds. We still have, I think, one line open, 719-619-2341. We'll take this short break, and we'll be right back. You were created with a purpose, written in the heart of God. Long before you were born, he is calling you to find it. We want to help you experience His unconditional love to be equipped and empowered to become a world changer. This is a godly nation. It was founded upon godly principles. God is calling us to rebuild His house so that He can manifest His glory in the midst of a corrupt and pagan world. 
I would argue that America has been more prosperous, more successful than any other nation because we've done more in reading and applying the Bible. It is the history for Christians to speak out and to make a difference in this nation. Have you been praying about how to make your business your mission field? GospelTruth.tv Business features leadership and financial stewardship training from industry experts. Learn the next steps to building wealth and using it to grow God's kingdom. Tune in Saturdays to GospelTruth.tv Business and watch anytime with GospelTruth.tv Premium. Visit GospelTruth.tv today for biblical teaching you can trust. So welcome back. We're glad to have you back. I tell you, this time has gone quickly. I've enjoyed this today. Yes. It's been yeah. really good. Terrific. We still have one line open, so you can call 719-619-2341, and we're going to be taking your calls for the next uh, 30 minutes and hopefully answer them. But we've got a, a celebrity on the line, and I'm going to let Alex handle this call. Well, uh, let's go to line four. Um, line four, it's, I see a caller from North Carolina. You're on Truth and Liberty. Welcome. Hey, thank you so much. I'm so enjoying this program. I just so enjoy Andrew Womack and Richard Harris, but I'm especially <laughs> fond of Alex McFarland. And my caller, what, what's your name, caller? My name's Angie. Oh, wow. As in a Angie <laughs> McFarland. Uh, hey, sweetie, how you doing? <laughs> this is my wife, everybody. Uh, <laughs> I want hey. to know if Alex believes in love at first sight. Oh, Absolutely, <laughs> uh, because I experienced it. Okay, go. I got to tell this story, and I'll be very quick. Uh, in ninth grade, I thought I knew everybody at our high school, and there was a girl. It was first day of school, and I'm there. The desks in the science class are paired off, and my last name is McFarland. And there was this pretty girl, <laughs> and she had long black hair, and I thought, wow, I, who is that? Anyway. It, Years later, I was in a developmental psych class when I was in graduate school, and the professor said, there is no such thing as love at first sight. And I raised my hand. I was in a master's program. I said, no, there is love at first sight because I experienced it. I, in ninth grade, saw this girl, and I thought, I'm in love with her, and I'm going to marry that girl someday. Oh, wow. Now, it was... Uh, a decade and a half later, and it was me getting born again, but uh, Angie... I loved you then. I love you now. Isn't that awesome? <laughs> Praise God. That's awesome. Great to hear from uh, you, Angie. Hi, Angie. I heard that you're right. feeling a lot better and that things are going well, and we're looking forward to having you out here soon. Amen. Well, God bless you all, and I hope you all have a great evening. And I love you, Alex McFarland. Oh, wow. <laughs> I'll see you soon. Uh, All right. Man, that's, that's neat. That's, that's awesome. <laughs> hey, man, let's go to, is it Deja from Illinois? You are on Truth and Liberty with all of us. God bless you. Hi. How is everybody doing? Very well, thank you. Good, thanks. So um, I'm, I'm new to Christ, and so I'm trying to, I've been trying to change my life around for a while now, and I think I'm at this place now I've been having um, these dreams, and I'm trying to understand. Um, I'm trying to understand when demons are coming to me. I don't know if it's from Jesus or it's from God or if it's from the devil. But the last one I had was um, about the false prophet, 
and him turning into a spider, and sucking the life out of a body on the ground, and he was acting like he was Jesus. So I'm not understanding anything yet. Well, you know, um, without talking to you personally, it'd be hard to deal with this effectively over the radio. But let me say that the scripture says that all things are supposed to be done unto edification, that when God ministers to you, He comes to give you life and to give it to you more abundantly. He doesn't terrorize you. The only exception to that is He could give you a warning about something that Satan is trying to do for the purpose of you standing against it. And I do believe that sometimes He will give you a warning that may not be pleasant. But it sounds to me, Deja, that if you're new to Christ, that this is nothing but you have allowed Satan to have access to your mind and to your emotions for a long time, and he's not wanting to leave easily, and uh, there may be some demonic stuff. And if it doesn't edify you and build you up and make you love God more, I'd rebuke it. And there's scriptures that you could claim without me mm -hmm. turning over and reading them all. You know, you'll lay down and your sleep will be sweet, and he'll mm -hmm. make you dwell in safety, and you don't have to put up with Satan tormenting you in your dreams. But it is a process. You've given yourself to the devil for a while, and now it's a process to turn it around. Mm -hmm. Amen. Second Timothy 1.7 said, God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power of love and of a sound mind. And so demonic images coming to you in your dreams, scaring you, that's, I don't believe is from the Lord. Uh, that's going to be from the devil. And you need to just rebuke that and thank God that he's given you the spirit of love and of a sound mind. A sound mind doesn't think that way. I remember when I was new to the Lord, I had a terrible dream one time about the devil and it scared me for days uh, about me losing my salvation and going to hell. And that was not from God. Uh, of course, I know that now. So I understand where, what you're saying, Dejus. It can feel very real, but it's not real. That's the enemy trying to trouble you and you just take your authority over him, tell him to get lost and praise <laughs> the Lord for his new, the, the new spirit that's in you. So, J.J., let me ask you, you went through quite a bad time for a long time. Did you ever have any trouble with dreams or anything like that after you came back? I didn't have any trouble with dreams, but I had a lot of trouble with fear. Fear was knocking at my door all the time. Mm. And I, I constantly had to speak the Word of God against it and just keep pressing forward because I knew God had better things for me and I knew fear was a liar. I knew the devil was a liar. And I just was ready to get into the freedom and to the, the fun of being a Christian and following the Lord and making a lot of money and expanding making a lot this of money. ministry that I'm so in love with. Like I just, I love it. I love Are you, you one know. of those that dreams a lot or not? No. See, my wife is like that. She says she doesn't ever dream, but she does because she'll talk in her sleep. <laughs> That's oh. me. That's what I And I've gotten to where I'll wake her up because I, she'll be doing something. And usually it's, I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. <laughs> and she's fighting things. And so I've gotten to where I'll wake her up and ask, what are you dreaming about? Because she won't remember it. Mm -hmm. but, I don't have anybody to tell me if that's happening, but yeah. <laughs> it's possible. But I dream I constantly. So. I had a dream last night. I forget now the details of it because I didn't take it as being significant, but it was Satan doing something. And man, I was rebuking the devil right Absolutely. and left. And, and so I dream all of the time. I'd say once or twice a week, I have a significant uh, word from the Lord through mm. dreams. Mm. Wow. Yeah. I've That's been good. doing that since I'm a kid. The Bible yeah. says old man a dream dream, so mm -hmm. I've been an old man. <laughs> a little kid. All right, hope that helped, Deja. So let's go to Francis in Illinois. You're on uh, Truth and Liberty live call-in show. Welcome, Francis. Well, 
Well, thank you. Hello, and Jewish and company. Uh, my question was uh, regarding tithing, the difference between tithing, giving, uh, seed. Uh, I've been a tither for many years, but then uh, recently I had heard priests that tithing was originally for the Jews. And so that we're, you know, as a Christian and non-Jew, we're not have to follow that kind of uh, procedure. So I was wondering uh, if I, I still want to donate or give the same type of tithing. Can I just call it uh, maybe a seed to the church? Or well, Francis, that's a... That's a very good question. I just happen to have written a book on that entitled Financial Stewardship that will answer that in detail. And then I have a, I have a lot of teaching on this. A tithe, technically, the word tithe means tenth. And so it's one-tenth of your income. And under the Old Testament law, that was dictated. The very first mention of a tithe is in Genesis chapter 14. And it was where Abraham gave a tenth of all. And it wasn't God that told him to do it. He did it voluntarily. But apparently... They had some understanding that you were supposed to be giving back to the Lord. So a tithe is referring to a tenth, one-tenth of your income. An offering is, are things that are above a tithe. And anyway, we could go into a lot more detail. If you were to add up all of the tithes and offerings prescribed in the Old Testament, I've got a friend who said he did that, and it added up to one-third of your income. And so some people will use Malachi chapter 3, verse 8 and 9, where it says, you've robbed me in tithes and in offerings, and they will use that to condemn people into giving. You're robbing God if you don't. But it not only says tithes, it also says offerings. Mm -hmm. So if you're going to use Malachi chapter 3, verses 8 and 9, you're going to have to preach that unless you give one-third of your income, you're under a curse. I believe that Christ redeemed us from that, and under the New Covenant, 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7 says, God loves a cheerful giver, and you're supposed to give as your purpose in your heart. So I don't believe that we are under the curse of a tithe. The tithe was in effect before the law, so I'm not saying that the, the tithe is a part of the law, but it was, there was a curse attached to it under the law, Malachi chapter 3. I don't believe we're under that curse, and personally, uh, I don't give just 10%. I give as I purpose in my heart. And actually, last year, my wife and I gave, uh, I think it was 250% of our income. There was another year that we gave 150% of our income. And I'd say most of the years, we averaged 50 to 80% of our income. And so I just give as I purpose in my heart, and, and that's the way that I live uh, I'm not bound to a tithe, but I also believe that that's a good place to start, even under the new covenant. Amen. What yeah. sayest thou, Alex? Well, and you nailed it. Everything you said is right on the money. It's been said that a Christian under grace should at least do as much as a Jew under law. Yeah. And I almost say this you can't outgive God. That's Amen. true. You cannot outgive God. And it's not a money issue, it's a trust issue, really, isn't it? Absolutely. It's what yes. it's all about. That's like JJ's testimony. Yes. It's a trust issue. When you trust God, you, you're okay with giving away what you can, and you're always looking for more, mm -hmm. right? Because it's just that excitement about that partnership with God and a ministry. Mm -hmm. you need, I think you need to do both. You know, you need to plug in somewhere where uh, the ministry is serving, 
you know, what God says. And so that time that you brought me that $1,300 gift, that's probably nearly 100% of what you had, wasn't it? Yes. It was, it was about everything. It was everything I had. And But she felt led of God to do that. And again, it wasn't that you give so much money and God gives you back. Right. It's that you trust God. Right. Mm. And for her, she had to get beyond using her welfare and that's where her trust was. That's her right. trust was in God and the way that she did it was to just basically give everything she had. Mm. Just gave it all. And it all came back. It all you. came back and more. Isn't that awesome? So thanks, Francis. Let's go to Frank in Missouri. You're on uh, Truth and Liberty Live call-in show. Hello. Hello. Thank you for having me on. Uh, I just have a, a theological question. I'm, is somebody had to go to a cross in order for me to become the righteousness of God in Christ? Absolutely. But do, but do I uh, do I have to pick up my cross and follow Him in order to continue to be the the righteousness of God in Christ, or is that a or is that a works thing? And is Richard Harris on this broadcast? I, I, I'm he is. At you guys. He is. Yeah. Hi, Frank. I'm here. <laughs> I wanted to ask him about the if he's heard anything about this Boy Scout uh, abuse case. But anyways, that might be two questions. But yeah, those are two questions. <laughs> that is definitely two questions. Let me say, Frank, that the first thing, when you get born again, you become the righteousness of God. 2 Corinthians 5.21, For He, God the Father, made Him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to be made sin for us, that we might be made the righteousness of God. And you put that together with Ephesians 4.24, you were created in righteousness and true holiness. So you're already righteous. You don't have to do something to become righteous in your spirit. But your body also has a self-righteousness. And this is clearly laid out in Romans chapter 10, they being ignorant of God's righteousness, that's the righteousness that comes at salvation in your spirit, have gone about to establish their own righteousness and have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness which is of God. There's two types of righteousness, the imputed righteousness that we receive at salvation, but then also there is a self-righteousness, and self-righteousness is worth nothing when it comes to God. But it is very important when it comes to the devil and relating to people. If you give Satan inroad into your actions, he'll eat your lunch and pop the bag. Pop the bag. <laughs> and so you don't want to give Satan that inroad into your life. But your self-righteousness is necessary to maintain a relationship with society, with people, to keep the devil off of your back. But when it comes to God, you're already made righteous in your spirit. I've got a teaching on that entitled Spirit, Soul, and Body. Amen. It's really good. You know, that the part about picking up your cross, that, that's yielding to the work of the Holy Spirit in your heart is what it is. It's yielding to the will of God in your life and uh, allowing the fruit of the Spirit to work through you. You know, uh, Paul talks about this in, in Romans 6. Um, he says, uh, sh you know, shall we continue in sin uh, when we've been saved? You know, but God forbid. Uh, yield your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. So righteousness, we become righteous in our spirit. It's imputed. It, you don't have to do anything. But, but the, the Lord wants to work through you to conform your thoughts and then your actions into the image of Jesus, into the image of Christ in this world. So, uh, but your, your, your righteousness and your legal standing with God is something that you don't earn. You can't change. Jesus has done it all for us. Amen. 
Thanks, Frank, for your call. Let's go to Sally in San Antonio, Texas. You're on Truth and Liberty. Hello. Hello. Hi. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so my question, I'm going to make it quick because I'm going to be driving right now. Um, okay. So I've been Christian for 30 years. Jesus is my Savior. And the past 15 years, I guess you could say, I've, I've heard different people say, oh, you shouldn't be using herbs. Um, essential oils and I said that's ridiculous so I can't have peppermint tea I can't have mint tea I can't drink chamomile tea those are herbs from the ground so my question to you is are they just being overly cautious that is ridiculous mm -hmm. <laughs> do you Next need call. more explanation than that you know it's just like the devil he the Satan's crowd has uh, co-opted the rainbow, which is the glory of God that surrounds the throne in Ezekiel chapter 1 and chapter 10. And God put His rainbow, His glory in the cloud to confirm a promise. He'd never flood the earth again. Mm -hmm. And yet the homosexuals have taken in. Some people say, well, that's a demonic symbol. No, it's a godly symbol mm -hmm. that has been hijacked, and I refuse to give it over Amen. to them. Amen. Plus, did you know that the homosexual rainbow only has six colors and that God's rainbow has seven? Mm -hmm. Did not. It is true. Wow. The rainbow, the, it's only six, which is the number of man. Amen. That's right. Seven's, Seven's the number of God. Yeah. That's awesome. So anyway, you, you know, there's people like when I was a kid, you used to say, well, that's queer. And that just meant that it was strange. Now that is a word that refers to a homosexual or some other deviant yeah. mm -hmm. lifestyle. And uh, on and on you could go. And so I just refute. You know, when I was a kid, there was a woman in my church that I prayed for, and she had a son that she said was retarded. And we prayed for him. And I mentioned that on one of my broadcasts, and I had people write in, that's terrible, and you've slandered this person. So vocabulary is always changing and they're moving the thing and fighting over things. But that's what the mother called it. That's what the doctors called it back in those days. And just because you were young and don't know any better, don't blame me for using words that there's nothing wrong with. Yeah, that's right. Hey. So back in Oklahoma, we were you're either an OSU fan or an OU fan. Yeah. OSU is orange and OSU is red. And we were rabid OSU fans. And so everybody would be like, you can't buy that red shirt. You can't have a red car. And I said, OU doesn't own the color red, you know, and that's the same kind of thing. So, it's just yeah. silly, the yeah. things that people do. You know, they say that owls are a demonic symbol and then mm. this and uh, other things. And man, God created owls. Now, you can use anything. Jesus, or God the Father, used a rod in the hand of Moses and turned it into something special. God can use anything. Satan can use anything. But, I mean, just to say that oils or herbs are somehow or another demonic is uh, wrong. You shouldn't let people like that intimidate you. So I hope that sets you free, Sally. Amen. Let's go to Mike in Virginia. You're on the Truth and Liberty call-in show. Hello, yes, Mike. Good evening, brothers. Yes, sir. Right. We're blessed. Um, God bless. Uh, this this question goes to whomever. But one of the things that I've I've come across was the uh, the teaching from my brother Womack, uh, and and it talks about healing in First Peter two twenty four. That impacted my life in, in 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 a very 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 good way. But my question is this: um, um, we're, right now we're, we're we're struggling financially. And we're we're having a hard time keeping the, uh, the the doors of the business open, and so my question goes like this: First Peter two twenty four um, reveals 
so so much truth and and can i use that as as far as fighting or fending off the the enemy that i feel is trying to eat into the finances there's another there's another verse and another that i'm that i'm hanging on to and, and that's uh second corinthians 8 9 where it says that um that though he was rich yet for that's it. for your sakes he became poor that yet that ye through his poverty might be rich so i'm holding on tight to these verses and, and but it's it, it, i'm having a hard time getting that from my mind from the flesh and, and into my heart and, and and making that work from inside out well mike let me say this i would encourage you to call our helpline number it's open 24 7 and we have people there that could give you my product that would deal specifically with financial stewardship and just a lot of different, I've got a lot of teaching on the subject of finances and they could also pray with you. That number is 719-635-1111 and that's open 24 seven. But uh, you need to make sure Mike that you are not more focused on your need than you are your supply, which comes from God. And like JJ was giving testimony here today, you need to be a rabid fanatical, committed giver. And you may think, well, I don't have anything to give. You've got something to give. Mm -hmm. You've got something. And I tell you, anytime I get into a financial bind, I start giving Amen. more. Yep. And so, Amen. JJ, you might address that. We've already talked about it, but this is one of the ways that you came out of your poverty was through giving. That's right. Uh, whatever you have to give, just give it and let God do the rest. He, he's your supply. He's going to bring it to you. Just trust Him that He'll do it. And it doesn't have to only be finances. I mean, if you are literally broke to where you have nothing, you can give your time. You that's can right. start selling off some of the stuff you've got. You could take that's something right. that you have that's of value and give it to other people. So there's lots of ways to give. Amen. You guys got anything to add to that? Uh, well, the, specifically, 1 Peter 2.24 um, by his stripes we were healed. I, you know, he's, I think it is specifically talking about healing in our body, but, the, but there is a bigger message there, which is that Jesus died not just to save our souls, but to redeem our, our lives in this world. And, and finances are a part of that. And, and you've quoted the right verse there uh, when you're talking about 2 Corinthians. Corinthians, when he became poor for us that we might become rich. And don't spiritualize that either because the context is not spiritual. The context is with money. And so the, the, very, the direct application of that is to your life. He has redeemed your finances. And so you just got to put your faith into action. But remember that faith without works is dead. So mm -hmm. release your, your finances to God. Give as your heart purposes and uh, God will take care of you. Amen. Amen. All right, let's go to John in Texas. You're on uh, Truth and Liberty. Thank you, John, for your call today. Hey, good afternoon, you guys. Andrew, uh, uh, thank you, brother, uh, and, uh, and everybody else. I, I love your show, man. I watch it every day at 7, at six, yeah, seven o'clock. You know, I'm here in Grapevine, um, uh -huh. but um, I really enjoy you guys and watching. Oh, good. You know? Glad it's a blessing to you. Yeah, I have. A, I actually want you guys to come in on, on something I'm dealing with. I've been, I got married back in 2021, and and I know the wedding day was the first day I met my wife's mother, and so mm. we, the the, um, the conversation was very brief. But I remember she telling me something. And I responded like, well, I responded, my exact words, well, I'm not going to be a doormat. And she told me, you're supposed to be a doormat. And that's the last time we ever 
spoke face to face whatever you know and oh, our, man. Yeah. not good <laughs> in our relationship me and my wife broke up like two months later and you know we uh got back together like three months later something like that and we um tried to work on it again but my wife had a lot of issues from her past growing up from her mama from abandonment you know things like that you know mom was around but she wasn't there all the time she was out making money and doing her own thing though and so there was a lot of things that happened to my ex-wife growing up and man it's been rough and she did a lot of mental issues and things like that and we got back together and we got divorced in january of last year you know it was found it was uh, finalized last year and we and i didn't see her for like six months she was back at her mama house and so right before that we met up to um to sign the paperwork and her mom is doing all the talking it's like my wife is like like this out of the zone it's like and we got back together two months ago you know and so we just broke back up again Friday, this past Friday night. I mean, mm. it can be a small conversation. She just blow up. And and then and then I blew up. And she said, I want to leave. And I said, just get out. And so I just threw her stuff outside the door. And, you know, I, I understand we don't wrestle not against flesh and blood. I know that. But my mind just went blank. My wife, she don't practice that. But she believes in the Lord. It's hard for her. To, it's hard to, her to her. Well, John, let me let me break in here because um, you could just go on and on. It sounds like with the problems that you've got, but for you to get help, we can't help you in the next five minutes uh, and answer your problems. I would suggest you find a godly Christian person and first of all go for some counseling. Now, if your wife would go with you, ex-wife would go with you, that'd be the best. But uh, the question that's on the screen says, how do I cleave when my spouse won't leave her manipulative parents? And that is definitely a problem. But you know what? You can't deal with her. You're going to have to deal with you. And just a couple of things that you've said, John, showed me that you didn't respond correctly when the and things were said and done wrong. I'm not saying that you weren't treated wrong, but you can't control everybody else. And this is a big mistake that people make in marriage. You can't control your mate. And anybody who tells you that you can, it's witchcraft. You can influence, but you can't control. In the same way that the mother-in-law is controlling the daughter, that's wrong. You can't control, you can't make them love you. The only thing you can do is deal with yourself. And so you need to get yourself to where you aren't responding in the flesh to these negative things. And that's all you can do is deal with yourself. You can pray for your wife. But again, I think you ought to find a godly person and let them deal with you. And then if your wife will come along, uh, you, you need some help because it sounds like you all are not not operating in Christian maturity in your marriage at all. You guys got anything to add? Genesis 2.24, you got to leave and cleave. And uh, let, let me say, when you marry... The husband from his family, the wife. Now, you love your family, but you got to cut those apron strings. Yeah, yeah, but you know what? You can't make your wife cleave. All you can do is cleave yourself, John. <laughs> you, and you just take care of yourself, and usually everybody else will take care of themselves if you'll do what's right. You've got two teachings that's very helpful on that issue also, which would be the harness your emotions yep. and then self-centeredness, the root of all grief. Mm-hmm. Once you read that little book, self-centeredness, the root of all grief, you can serve anybody like a king or a queen and you'll have peace in your heart. Joy, joy, joy. I actually had a man who had, was 
already in the divorce process. They hadn't signed the papers yet, and he was driving somewhere, and he got my teaching on self-centeredness, the source of all grief, and Excellent. listened to it, and it changed him so much. He went back to his wife, and he said, would you listen to this with me? And she did, and, you know, they've been married, and for the last 20 years, they've been doing marriage seminars. Wow. It's excellent teaching. Yeah, uh, John, you ought to call into the prayer line and get that teaching. Yes. That, that really will help you. Thanks, JJ. That was really good. All right, we're running short of time. Let's go to Judy in Colorado. You're on Truth and Liberty Live call-in program. Hi, Andrew and all the rest of you. I listen to you all the time. Um, and I've heard Andrew for like uh, ever since he was in Manitou Springs. So. Oh, that's a long time ago. time ago. I used to volunteer and put... Uh, uh, the labels on the cassette tapes. Well, I know wow. who you are, I think. I do. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh-huh. That's wonderful. Bruning. All right. That's who I thought it was. Welcome. It is. And thank you. Um, when the disciples were with Jesus and they seemed to lack faith as far as uh, calming the, the sea and uh, casting out the demon-possessed, the demon out of the possessed man, Jesus reprimanded them for not having faith. And yet, when Jesus was leaving the earth, he told them not to go forth and do anything until they were endued with the power of the Holy Spirit. So why did Jesus tell them to do that and expect them to do it before they were empowered? Well, Judy, I think you're talking about two separate things. The baptism of the Holy Spirit where you receive power is what he told them to wait for in Acts 1.8. But people all throughout the Bible have had faith. Matter of fact, Romans 4 talks about Abraham as one of the examples of faith, who against hope believed in hope and did all of these things. And of course, uh, man, the fiery children, you know, that stood there uh, in the fiery furnace, Daniel, and on and on you could go. There's been great, great examples of faith. So faith was... Uh, functioning, and even a person before they could be born again, Old Testament saints could operate in faith. But the baptism of the Holy Spirit is something that only born-again believers could have, and so that's the reason he told them to wait for that. You guys got a comment on that one? They're looking blank. No, I... (laughs) All right, I think, well, good to hear from you, Judy. I hadn't heard from you in a while. Thank you for everything you've done. Thank you for helping us back when we were in Manitou. Post Office Box 231, Manitou Springs. Man, that's been a long (laughs) time. Brings back memories, huh? Oh, yeah. Anyway, thanks, Judy. I'm sorry, Nanette, we didn't get to you, but we're out of time. We're going to have to go. We do this every day, every weekday from 3.30 till 5 o'clock. And uh, we would love to have you join us. You can also go to our website and see archived editions of this. And you can have other people uh, view them there. So thank you for joining us. God bless you. We'll see you again on Monday. Thank you for joining today's Truth and Liberty Livecast. You can watch today's and past livecasts in our archives at truthandliberty.net. Our goal is to educate Christians and connect them with resources and organizations to help them impact their sphere of influence. You can help us accomplish this by making a donation at truthandliberty.net slash donate. Join us next time for more Truth and Liberty.